and the changes that come into our lives because of your word. We trust in you and we trust in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this is the eighth uh, message on the saints of Jesus. And I believe that the saints of Jesus are truly important to us as Christians. Because when Jesus got through his message, he says, Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and practice them, I will liken them to a wise person who builds his house on, on a rock. And this morning we'll be talking in, in continuation with what we did the last time I spoke on prayer. Prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. If you don't pray as a Christian, if you don't have a prayer life, you are going to be defeated. You won't understand a whole lot about the master that you serve. Prayer is not just going to get something from God. God didn't bring, institute this prayer life so that we can get things from him. No, this is the time that you fellowship with your God. It's so important. It's a time of fellowship. It's much more than just getting from God. He's being in his presence. He, it is visiting with God when you just you and him alone. You and him alone is so important for your spiritual life, for your material life, for your sanity, for everything that concerns you. This is so important. You will faint if you don't have a prayer life. That Jesus, that's what Jesus said in Luke. Luke. He tells us very clearly, we should pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. You will lose heart in your walk with God. Make sure you have a prayer life. Don't feel like you are so much in a hurry, you don't have time. That's from the enemy. He wants you to feel that way, to think you don't have time to pray, and God understands, just keep going. No, you are setting yourself up for failure. You need to have a prayer time. That's the time that God can begin to pour into your heart His heart's desires for you. That's when you begin to know what God plans for you. He has a plan for your life. He's going to bring that plan into your heart so He begin, it begins to move your heart towards your future. What He wants you to do. But if you don't have that time with Him, there is, you've not given Him the opportunity to work in you. Jesus always needs something. God always needs something from you so He can multiply it and give it back to you. What bread? Do you have bread? Give me the loaf. Just five. I'll multiply it and I'll give it back. You can enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. But you have to give him that time. You really have to give him that time. You know, the reason why it's such a, a, a thing between you and himself, he says if you're doing it so that people will see, then you've missed the mark. You get your reward. They'll talk about it. But if you're looking at it as a fellowship, a time of meeting with your father, it's a special time between you and himself, fellowshipping together, meeting with him. He welcomes you into his presence. And you feel his glory and his power. And things begin to happen in your life. It's a time of fellowship with him. It's a secret time. This is what the Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret. He's between you and himself. Not you and the pastor. Not you and the rest of the congregation. You can even be around everybody. But you have shut yourself in between you and your God. And he's there in secret. You and him alone. He wants that. Why is secret? True fellowship between you and himself. Undivided attention. Don't want anybody messing with this business. Just you and you and him alone. He loves that. So he can pour into your life. Amen? That's what it's all about. 
He says, pray to your father who is in secret. His God in secret is everywhere, right? But when you come into prayer, you are with him, you and him alone in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you come out of that secret place, the world will know you've been with him. That's what he rewards you. You cannot go into his presence in prayer and come out empty-handed. It's impossible. You may think he hadn't heard you. Oh, he heard you. It may not be your time. But that simple time that you spent with him can go away, way into your future, even touching your kids after you're gone. You never know. You can never have a time in secret with God without a result. God is not a liar. And every one of us can do this. And everyone is welcome. He's already welcomed you. All you have to do is come. And you get into the, the presence of the creator of the whole universe. Jesus wants you to pray in secret. Now, let me tell you, there is no better way of going into secret with God than to pray in the Spirit. There's no better way. Just you and Him. Praying in tongues. There is no better way. I don't know what people believe. It doesn't make you a great, greater Christian than anybody else who cannot pray in tongues. But if you haven't received that gift, open your heart. Open your heart. Because when God talks about secret place with him, there is no greater secret place between you and God than when you pray in the spirit. You are truly in secret because you are talking directly to him. Unfiltered. No distraction. When you pray in the spirit, to me, that's the secret place. That's the secret place. Let me share a scripture with you. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. He says, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God. When you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to anyone. That's your secret time with your father. No one can understand. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. God is a mysterious God. Amen? But when you get into speaking with other tongues, you get into the mysteries of God. And it's between you and God. You are speaking directly to God, not to men. No one can understand you. You don't have to bother about people knowing anything. It's between you. That's a secret place. That is a true secret place. You can never come out of that secret place empty-handed. No wonder Satan fights this gift so much. No wonder people who have the gift are even afraid to use the gift. They don't spend time praying in other tongues. Secret place. He who speaks in the tongues, he's not speaking to men. He's speaking directly to God. And you are speaking mysteries. No one understands except your father. That's real fellowship with your father. Undistracted. Just between you and him. No wonder the enemy hates this gift. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, pray in the spirit. This is a century version. Please listen to these words, okay? Scriptures must mean something to us, okay? Amen. He should mean, when you read the scriptures, let it go sink into your spirit. So that God can begin to do a work in you. That's how your life becomes changed. It's not everyone who names the name of Christ, is truly a follower of Christ. The word of God cannot be in you if you don't do some of these things. If my words abide in you, 
That means you have to allow his word to abide in you. And the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, he is the one that does this. Now, look at this scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Century version. Pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayer, asking for everything you need. Everything you need, pray in the Spirit. He said, well, I pray in the Spirit. Just, I feel moved. But if you can understand what you're saying, you're not praying in the Spirit. Because First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I don't understand. My mind is not at work at this point. I'm just speaking. But when you pray in a tongue, you're speaking directly to God. No one understands you. This is a mystery. But to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So understand this mystery. Use this gift. Anyone can get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you can speak in tongues. If you're not, it's because you don't want to or you're afraid. Just yield and let God fill you. He's a gift he wants you to have. So that you can draw closer to him. So he can have this deep fellowship with you on another level. He's deep. That's what we need. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what we need. Don't be afraid of the gift the Father wants to give to you. Why are you afraid of the gift? It's a special gift. Others are doing it. Why can't you do it? It's your prayer language. To spend time with your Father. And be in secret with Him. And when you come out of that place, your life is changed. Your future is charted out in front of you. Amen. So pray in the Spirit at all times. Your mind is unfruitful. You don't understand what you're saying. What I've done, I've married those two things together. I mean, I want you to marry both together. You, you know, when you pray in tongues, that's how some people get deceived because they think when they're praying in tongues, they can't think anything else but God. No, your mind is unfruitful. And sometimes you can be praying and you can be thinking of uh, 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 McDonald's. And you are speaking in tongues and you're thinking about Burger King. And you're wondering, how can this be the Holy Ghost? I'm praying in tongues. I can hear myself. And I'm thinking of Burger King. This, this something is missing. No, your mind is unfruitful. It's only your spirit that is in deep fellowship. So what you want to do is marry both of them. Pray with your mind as well while you are speaking in tongues. Amen. Pray with your mind as well. But what you hear is speaking in tongues. That's true fellowship with the Father. He's all of you. You're speaking with your mind. You're totally consuming what you're asking. But also, out of your mouth, you're speaking mysteries to God. And who benefits from the mysteries? God? You. Because the mysteries become unveiled to your spirit. And God deposits it there. No wonder the enemy hates speaking in tongues. No wonder there's so much fighting in, among Christians about this gift. If you are bound, start speaking in tongues and refuse to quit. The devil will say, this place is too hot. I, I'm, I'm leaving this guy alone. Amen. Here you leave you alone. That's the real sacred place. Pray in the spirit. It says, do this. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up. Never give up. Always pray for God's people. That's important. We'll come into that. Always pray for God's people. You see, when your prayer life is centered around crisis, you always have crisis. You only pray when you have a crisis. Oh, please pray for me. And you're calling everybody. Please pray. Pray for me. You don't know how to get God on your own. You want to get some people, somebody. Now nah, it's good to have people to help you to pray. That's important. Because the Bible says, if two shall agree concerning anything. But you know how to get your God. Spend that time praying to God. Amen. You know, you wondered. And I need to put this before I go on to something else. But think about it. Who is the greatest uh, greatest Christian that's ever lived, not Jesus, not Christian, Paul. You know what Paul said? I thank my God, I pray in tongues more than y'all. 
He's a Texan. <laughs> I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> and I really believe that's what made him so great. He said, I no one taught me the gospel. I got it by revelation. I got it by revelation. I'd like to go into this a little bit more. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. It's God that will give you revelation from him. And you have to understand, when God gives you revelation, faith hits you immediately. First Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 9. But, but as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. No eye seen, no one has heard it. But, verse 10, God has revealed them to us, how? Through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, verse 12, now we have received. What have we received? The Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So how are you going to move the Holy Spirit to show you those things? Pray in other tongues. Amen. Do it for an hour. And if the devil reminds you where well, you did it for an hour, nothing is happening, do it for two hours. Amen. Because something is cooking while you're doing it. Something good is cooking. Don't be afraid of praying in other tongues. I, I, you know, people label people, Pentecostals, non-Pentecostals. I don't care about that. I just want to do what God wants. Is that not what you want? You just want to do what God called you to do. I don't care whether you call me Pentecostal or I call you Pentecostal. That doesn't matter. You follow what the scripture says. Amen? And let God reveal himself to you. So that's what we want to do. Pray always in the Spirit. Now I want to go into sharing the Lord's Prayer. Looking into the Lord's Prayer because Jesus taught us how to pray. So in our prayer life, like I said, it's not just a time just to come before God and ask for things. It's much more than that. There's a lot going on in our prayer when we pray than just coming to God to get your needs met. It's much more than that. Remember what we ended with in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. Always pray for God's people. That's part of prayer. Always pray for them. So Jesus told us how to pray. And our prayer life must consist of some of these things we'll be sharing this time. The first thing we want to do in our prayer time is to worship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. When you come to God, don't be in a hurry just to make your request known. This is a time to acknowledge who God is. Before you can have your need met, you must feel his presence. His presence, you must really know that you have actually come into his presence. And you can't come into God's presence without worship. You will feel the need to worship every time you enter into his presence. Read about it in the Old Testament and in the New. When you come into his very presence, something in us wants to do what? Not worship. You just want to worship. And so when you come before God, you want to feel his presence first. Before you go into your need. So Jesus tells us the way to go at it, first begin to worship. Our Father who, who, had in, who is in heaven. can put these words together. Who is in heaven? 
<laughs> Preachers have a lot of things to go through. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'll bring you up here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our Father which is in heaven. Basically, the first thing to do, let him know that you know he is your Father. Say it with your mouth. That's the first step in worship. Let him know that you know he is your Father. He belongs to you. You belong to him. He is your Father. Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then you begin to worship him. Because as you acknowledge him as your father, as your God, his presence comes into the room and you begin to worship him. Sometimes you, you enjoy that so much you even forget that you came, you came in with a need. Because the need is not a big deal. He says your heavenly father already knows you have those needs. He knows. So you worship him. In, in Psalm 95 verse 6. He says, oh, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. For he is our God. And we are the sheep of his pasture. His sheep. So when you come, let's come first to worship because He is God. He is your God. So you worship Him. You know, in the Old Testament, when the people of Israel, they were confused about who God is. Baal or the God of Abraham. Baal or the God of Abraham. And, and, And Elijah challenged them to a contest. We're having a contest later, amen. (laughs) and and, and the God of Elijah won when fire came from heaven and consumed everything the rocks, the water and all of that and that was the presence of God in their midst what did the people do? they bowed to their knees they said the Lord he is God we don't know how long they went on with that they were in his very presence and they had no doubt. Baal is not God. This God of Elijah, the Lord, they didn't say the Lord, the God of Elijah, they said the Lord. That's the one that owns us. He is God. And they worshipped him. Amen. Don't have any doubt. Worship God. When you come into his presence, you know his holiness as he appears. That's what Isaiah saw. How holy. As the angels were crying, holy. So you worship him. Let him know, God, you're so holy. And let these words come out of your mouth. That's what we're here for. So you know how to come into his presence. Let these words come out of your mouth. God, you are awesome. You are awesome, God. I can't believe I'm in your presence. You're so awesome. Look at what you've created. Look at the universe. Look at what you've done. Look at the stars. And my mind, I can't even understand. You know what that is? That's true worship. You tell him how glorious he is. And I tell you, as you begin to say these words, God's presence will fill that room where you are. So let him know how great he is. Speak of his mercy. Speak of his mercy towards you. God, look, you're so merciful. Look at what you've done for me. Look, my life was this way. Now look at what you've done. You brought me into this thing. Now all these years, you've kept me. God, you're so good. You're not complaining. You're praising him. You're worshiping him. Look at, you're so mighty. You delivered me, your strong hand. You worship him. And you tell him. How merciful you've been to me. My family. My nation. You've been so good. You worship him. And as you speak to him. He worships. You are lost in it. And his presence fills the room. And fills your heart. Because you're in secret with him. Can you do that praying in tongues? Yes. All of those things you say in your head. While you are praying in tongues. I mean he will move you to tears. As you worship him. And you know when you leave his presence. I've had a time with my God. And when you miss it, you want to go back again. 
Because when you leave, it feels good. Amen? You'll feel good. We must always lift up our hands. And you know, I see Christians, you know, when they were lifting up their hands. I said it this morning. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. He tells us, I desire that you lift up holy hands. That every man lift up, men and women lift up holy hands everywhere. Without fear, without doubting. You need to do that. Even in your prayer time, amen? I don't understand it, but God says to do it. Your hands are holy to him. When God calls a cup holy, guess what? It's a holy cup. Mess with that cup and he'll come after you for it. (laughs) But when you lift up your hands to him, as you come before his presence to pray, to fellowship with him, the Bible has commanded, lift up holy hands. Psalm 134, it tells us the same thing. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. It's part of worship. Do it. Even if you don't understand it, that's faith. And as you do it, whatever benefit God has set aside for lifting up holy hands becomes yours. You don't have to understand it. But I tell you, as you do it, all the godly feelings will come into you. Deliverance will come into your life. Amen? We do these things. Not because we are Pentecostals, but because God said to do it. When we worship God, we lift our hands up. Not to be known. I love God, and God has commanded me, lift up holy hands in my sanctuary. Why? Because that's the way he can pour himself into us. We don't understand what it means, but to me, surrender. Lord, I surrender. You are so awesome. You're so great. I surrender to you. You can take over. Amen? Take over. Take over my life. Take over my life. That's the way Jesus wants us to come to him. Our Father, wish out in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Worship his name. Worship his name. You know, one time I was reading in John and I was really moved. And when Jesus says something, he said, he said, I honor my father and you dishonor me. You read that? He said, I, I, they were accusing him and saying bad stuff to him. He said, well, I, my father sent me and I honor my father, but you dishonor me. What God will do, men should honor the father as the, the son as they honor the father. So, in your prayer, address him to address the heavenly father, worship him. We don't understand all of it, but that's what God has presented himself to us. Yes. We worship the father. Jesus said, Pray to the father in my name. So, I worship the father, and then you worship the son, and you worship the Holy Spirit as well. Worship the Holy Spirit. He is God, He is the Lord of the harvest. Make sure you worship Him. You're gentle, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your work in my life, Lord Holy Spirit. Thank you. Worship Him. How gently He's led you all these years. And I tell you what. Worship is so important. God is seeking true worshipers. True worshipers. People, not people who are going to perform miracles, but true worshipers. I want to be a worshiper. Don't you? You want to be a worshiper. He is seeking true worshipers. Jesus came to seek true worshipers. So when you come into his presence with prayer, come with true worship. Lift up holy hands. Praise God. Yes, even if there are sins in your life. I mean, when you come out of his presence, you'll feel so clean. Amen. you feel so clean. And all the oppression of the devil, he can stand his presence. Amen. The devil cannot stand his presence. Condemnation will disappear as you praise him. And you tell him how good he's been to your life. How he has forgiven you. Amen. For all of your sin. God you are awesome. 
I just love you. Tell him. Tell him you love him. You know he loves you. Tell him you know. Amen. That's good. Don't you like it when your children come up to you and they tell you they love you? You love that. Well, tell your heavenly father. Tell him you love him. And then the second thing is pray for the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Then let me let you know, thy kingdom come, that's already been answered. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is here. That prayer has already been answered. But we as believers, kingdom-minded believers, you must not cease to pray for liberals. Amen? We want the kingdom to spread around the world. That's part of our time with God. You let God know that you are also sensitive about the things that concern Him. And that you are concerned with Him about the kingdom of God on the earth. He told us, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He might send laborers, right? So I am praying, God, I am willing, I'm doing my part. But I need you to send more laborers. You pray for them. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on the earth. Now, we must know this. God's will is never done on the earth without a person praying. Somebody has to be praying for this. If a situation would change in your family, you got to pray. Somebody has to be praying. You see, God is a gentleman. He's not going to come into your business until you invite him. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. For some of us, he's been standing there for a long time. We have not let him in. Today, you can let him in. Today, you can let him in. But don't, why do we want to keep him out there? For many of us, or some of us, we have situations where we've kept Jesus out. Lord, you can be Lord of my life, but this area, we don't want you to go there. Stay away. And you might think it's a joke. I heard the story of a lady that actually told the Holy Spirit, I know what you're about to do. True story. I know what you're about to do. And she said, leave me alone. And another preacher was trying to pray for this lady and God said, don't pray for her. She's already said, I don't want it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for the will of God to be done on the earth. Matthew 18 says, If two shall agree concerning anything, God wants to do a lot on the earth, but if we as Christians are not asking him to do these things, these things will never be done. The devil is blinded the minds of unbelievers. Many of us are not even concerned about those that are lost anymore. We are fully focused on our own needs. How can God walk with you when you are not even concerned about his kingdom? All you are con- we are in what, what I call survival mode. All we want to do is survive. I'm paying my bills. I, my, my kids are in school. I am prospering. That's all you're concerned about. What about this prayer? That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are not even concerned about that as a Christian. And you have a prayer life with God? Is this not part of the prayer Jesus said to pray? No wonder we have a hard time having our prayers answered. Because all we are concerned about is, my name is Jimmy, I want you to give me. It's only about me, 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 and my family, me, me, me. And you cry when, it's so, when something wrong is going wrong in your family. But what about those that are dying without Christ? Here we are, we say we want to go out on Saturday. Well, I can't do that because you don't, you don't want to be rejected. But yet Jesus was rejected and you are his follower. We're not concerned about this thing. 
But we want him to answer our prayers. And sometimes we'll, tell him, we'll give him time. God, if you don't do it by tomorrow, I'll look for somebody else. In other words, I'm going to call another brother. And many of us don't even wait for the answer before we call the brother. We need to be concerned about God's kingdom. <clears throat> we need to be concerned. It's so, so important. You don't have a prayer life. Excuse me. Your prayer is not complete. That's why Paul said. He said, with all prayer and supplication, okay, in the spirit, but always pray for God's people. Pray for God's people. Pray for God's kingdom. It's not just about you. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. This is real prayer. When you come into God's presence, He wants to feel in your heartbeat that you are concerned about His kingdom. How your brother is doing. How your sister is doing. Pray for God's people. How the minister is doing. Is he having difficulties? Do you pray for your pastor? How often have you prayed compared to the times you prayed for your needs? Do you think, you just assume it's really easy for pastor? Uh, Paul, Paul says, pray for me. I would say, Paul, you mean me? Pray for you? That's wonderful. Yes. Because of what the work entails. What's involved in this work? This is spiritual warfare. You pray, don't forget, as you pray in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, Making all your needs known to God. He says, be steadfast, stay with it. Don't get discouraged. But don't forget to pray for your brothers. Don't forget to pray for the kingdom of God. That's part of your fellowship with your father. That's part as you talking to God about your, father, your father's kingdom and your brothers. What's going on with your brothers? God, can I tell you what's happening to my brother? This other brother is having a real hard time, you know. Amen? That's fellowship. Oh, really? The father says, I already know. Oh, you say, well, God, what are we going to do about this? Amen? Please help us. That's real fellowship. That's real fellowship. Christianity is not a religion. Amen? Religion is dead. And those that follow religion, they're really dead. This is a relationship between God and us. And we love Him. We're not coming to Him because of obligation. We come to Him because we love Him. He can tell if you're just coming because you're obligated to do that. It's different when you just love to be in His presence. You say, God, I miss my time with you. I miss my time with you. And he'll pour upon your life. Oh, he will pour upon your life. Pray that his kingdom will spread around. And then you can pray for your personal need. Pray for your personal need. Do not deny that you have needs. <laughs> he already knows. Amen? Pray for your needs. Let him know what you need. Your heavenly father already knows. When you are in that deep fellowship with him, that's the time to solicit for, your, for help from him. I need you to help me. We've had a good time, but no, you know, I have all these problems. You do that with your brothers, don't you? You share with them what's going on in your life. And if they are in a position to help, as you share with them, as long as they know that this is not, you are not taking advantage, you really love them and you are being fellowship, as you mention the need, he's going to be thinking, wow, I didn't know it was this bad. We'll do something to help. Amen? That's man. What about God? Let him know what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread. I used to really misunderstand that scripture because what I was thinking is, okay, God, I need you to give me bread for today. That's not what he's saying. Read the scripture again. 
gave us this day our daily bread. Give me today bread for tomorrow, right? Our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? It means God can give you an, an inspired idea. Just like that. And we go from one generation to another. Amen? Isaiah 54 says, Extend the borders of your tent. Your prayer is too narrow. You're too concerned about your immediate need. You're not concerned about tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. I want some inspired idea. I want some miracle, something to come into my, into my life. Some miracle to take place in the area of finances so that my future is secure. Give us this day my, our daily bread. Did you get it? This day I need it from you. Maybe it's a business partnership with somebody. Maybe it's an inspired idea. Maybe it's to start something small here. It drops into your spirit as you are asking him to give you, not just for today's bread, God feed my children tomorrow, tomorrow, tonight, tonight, and tomorrow I'll talk to you about it. No, I need my daily bread from today. Give me this day my daily bread. Amen. And God can do it. That's why the Bible says, when God, you know, remember Isaac? He sold in one year. I don't know what was happening to Isaac's life before that year, but he wasn't doing too well, according to Scripture. Because the Bible says, God multiplied the seed that he he sold a hundredfold. And then that same year, he began to prosper. God gave him his daily bread on that day, that one year. He began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. When did he begin? That very day. God spoke to him. God said, I don't want you to go to Egypt. Stay right here. Right here, I will give you your daily bread. So he sold that one year. And his life was never the same. Give us this day our daily bread. So that's what you pray for all of your needs. Whatever you need. Let God give you and give you more in abundance. Not for just today, but for tomorrow. That will take care of you, your children, and everyone around you. That's what God. He's a big God. Amen. Just asking you to give you a pinto is not that good. Amen. God, I don't, you know, I don't want very much. I just need this little stuff. Okay? You're trying to make yourself feel good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not humility. God is a big God. In other words, you're trusting Him. I believe you. You can take care of me, and you can take care of my family. That's what you're saying to Him. Amen? That's what you're saying to Him. So, let Him know your personal needs, and He'll share that with Him. And if you are in need of forgiveness, ask for forgiveness and also give forgiveness. I really don't believe that you should go out searching for something and saying, God, forgive me for whatever. So God forgives you for whatever. What do you mean by whatever? When you've done something wrong, God will reveal it to you. It's called conviction from the Holy Spirit. When it's generalized, you are in condemnation. And when you are in condemnation, you are not in line with God. Your prayers can't be heard. Because the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Conviction is a different thing. When you are convicted, God then forgives you when you confess that sin. Now notice this. Forgiveness is not for unbelievers. Say it again. Unbelievers don't need God to forgive them. They need remission. Amen? They need remission. Their sins to be completely wiped away. That's what they need. Unbelievers need forgiveness. 
Because sometimes we stray. Or we hurt people or we get hurt. We need, that's why 1 John says we should come to God and confess our sins. That's for believers. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. But unbelievers, if you make an unbeliever confess sins to receive forgiveness, they will be there in one year confessing. How can they confess all their sins? Think about it. Can, 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 can you confess all of your sins you've ever, ever sinned? You don't even remember them. So forgiveness is not for unbelievers. All they need to do is accept Christ for the remission of their sins. Everything is wiped away. But after you've been made clean, occasionally you stray. You get hurt. Somebody hurts you. When that time comes, that's when to go to the Father. To offer forgiveness as you fellowship with God. Let Him know, you know, they've hurt me, but I've let that go. Amen? I've let that go. It doesn't matter. You don't forget, but you let it go. You let it go. God, help me. If, if you're still feeling the pain, help me. Help me to let it go. God, I let that go. Could you help me? Because he's your friend. That's you, you are right there with your friend. Amen? You tell him, help me. I, want, I really don't want to hang on to this. I want to let it go. God, I let it go. Help me. And then you ask for forgiveness as well. Now, there is a very strong correlation between forgiveness in your heart and your prayer being answered. If you are holding on forgiveness in your heart, there is a very, very good chance none of your prayer will be answered. None. 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 None of them. You're just wasting time. Because you really cannot enter into his presence. You really can't. Because he knows. However, if you keep a heart of forgiveness, there is a chance, there is a chance, a very, very strong chance, that all of your prayers will be answered. I said all of your prayers will be answered. All of them. They may not be answered at the time you want them to be answered, but he heard you. Amen? He'll answer them. Everything is bright in the future, regardless of what you're going. So there is a real strong correlation. If you, are, you can't forgive, just don't waste your time praying. You're wasting your time. Don't pray until you're ready to say, okay, God, can you help me? I'll let go. No matter what they've done to you, still forgive them. You still have let them go. Jesus said, forgive me my debt, even as I, in the same way as I have forgiven them. Then your prayers will be answered. There's that strong correlation there. Now look at what Jesus said. In um, Mark chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, it says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, that says you don't have to kneel to pray, okay? You can sit and pray. You can assume whatever pose. You can lie down and pray. It's okay. I feel better when I'm kneeling, but I feel better also. I feel good when I walk around as well. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything... Against anyone, forgive. Anything against anyone, forgive. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. You see, he put those two together. When, you're pray, when you pray, you believe you can have it. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, your prayers will not be heard. You will not receive what you're asking from God. But every time, once you have freedom in your heart and no unforgiveness, chances are... Your prayer, that particular prayer will be answered. Amen? Amen? That particular prayer will be answered. Pray that you are led of God, that God will leave you, lead you through life. I don't want to continue. I need you all to stand this morning.
I have other things I want to share about prayer. But that is really the hub of our Christian life. Your prayer life. Your prayer life. You need to spend some time praying before God. Spend some time praying before God. All heads bowed this morning. You say this morning in your heart, my, my life, I don't feel everything is right in my life with God. I really want everything right. I want to pray for you. I want God to answer our prayers and he will answer my prayer. And if that's the desire of your heart, God will hear us this morning as we pray. If you want everything right between you and your God, can you just slip your hand up quickly and put it down? Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all you want. That's the desire of your heart. Because you are a righteous person. The Bible says the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. I see that hand. And God sees it also. Every one of you that's raised your hand today. God sees your hand and he loves you. And the great things are coming your way. His goodness and mercy will follow you. And because you thirst and you hunger after righteousness. God will give it to you. And you will be great in this land. Determine in your heart today that you will have a time with God in prayer. And that you'll love him. You know what it means to be in his presence and to worship him. He created you in Christ Jesus so you can worship. Don't hold back when it comes to worship. Forget what people think. Worship God. You see my wife dancing up here all the time. Not for anybody, but just to worship the Lord. You can do the same thing. Forget people. Forget what they think. And worship your God. And pray to Him. Father in heaven, we thank you today. We love you. We know that you love us. You gave everything just to have us. Now we are part of your family. And we are truly thrilled to be a part of your family. It's a wonderful family. It's a great family. It is the greatest of all families in the universe. We are a part of you, God. We welcome your presence in our life. Lord, give to everyone who has need today. Meet every need, O oh God. Fill hearts with joy. Bring solutions into every life. Because you are God and no one can stop you. You answer our prayers according to your word. Bless your people richly. I speak your blessings upon your lives. I speak your abilities upon your lives in the name of Jesus. I command problems to be resolved in Jesus name. Solutions to come upon your lives in Jesus name. I bless the children of God's people today. Your children are blessed. They will be great in this land. That the Lord our God has given to us. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. And God's people said. Amen. 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 Please lock the door in. No one is going. <laughs>